Does your dog like to stuff its face? Fill its belly until it's had an overwhelming sense of satiety? Or perhaps it defecates on the floor from time to time? Animals are hardwired to do things that may seem contrary to common sense. Nonetheless, they are hardwired. Humans are subject to the same biological programming, but what distinguishes humans from other basic creatures is the ability to be self-aware and to grow and to evolve into a species that can live longer and fly further than those who roamed before us. And the only thing that stands between us and improvement is our own awareness of how to do so. In this episode, we will unlock some ideas for those of us who are pounding the pavement on the ground floor, as well as some ideas for our organizers to facilitate an operating environment that is more conducive for growth and allow its workers to overcome our basic animal instincts and thrive as humans. Flying is one of the most beautiful things a human can do. But aviation is one of the most difficult industries to break into and also ranked as one of the most dangerous fields in the world. The Aviation Intelligence Podcast by Avic Air is a place where we will discuss methodologies to help you succeed and survive one of the most mysterious and revered professions known to mankind. Let's get started. Aviation can take us to some of the most magical destinations in the world. Places that are untouched by common tourism, where there are no handrails, and where there are no beaten pathways. You get to carve out your own trail and discover places upon which no other human eye has ever seen. Let's take the tour pilot for example. Hawaii is the most secluded destination on planet Earth. And on such a tiny island, there spans over a dozen different microclimates within just a few miles. The good pilots are more like adventure guides who can tell captivating stories of rich history and the evolution of geography. While coordinating on the radio with a swarm of other helicopter pilots who are buzzing around the volcano's eruptions, because the speed at which lava cools and breaks out of the rock happens within the blink of an eye, these extraordinary pilots plan each flight with meticulous detail, down to the perfect music for each special point of interest, where the crescendo of the song must hit at the very moment the helicopter crests through a keyhole of sunray-kissed cloud cover and jungle sheer cliffs to expose waterfalls that have a vertical rise higher than the Empire State Building. It is no mistake that there is enough power to carry this many guests up vertically through the rush of cool air downwash that is produced by the crashing water. For the pilot has delayed this finale until the end of the flight in order to burn down enough fuel weight to give every human, regardless of their size, the experience of a lifetime. Well, shoot, I reckon anyone could do your job. Look at you, you're just sitting there. Almost every single day there is someone who thinks that their pilot has the easiest job and the only thing to it is just wiggling a stick a little bit. It even entices some folks to pursue flight training and attempt a career at it. I think what makes most people want to become a pilot is they see how easy it looks. Well, and they think that we are rich. But if it were so easy, then why is there an 80% dropout rate in flight training? Well, humans are hardwired to take shortcuts. 
and to take the path of least resistance. It's a common misconception that just because a person holds a pilot certificate, that they are perfectly competent enough to entrust with your life. Well, I'm here to tell you that not all training is created equal, and many pilots are slipping through the cracks. Way too many. Recently, I conducted a flight review for a commercial helicopter pilot with roughly 200 flight hours of experience. Granted, he hadn't flown in about six months, but he said he was trained by ex-military pilots and that his examiner worked inside of the flight school. He said that he had lots of good training and lots of fun flying low-level down riverbeds. He even bragged that he got to practice tactical flying just like his instructors used to do overseas. This kind of talk makes you think he's probably a pretty good pilot, right? Well, he fooled me too. I just thought he may need a little improvement on the decision-making process, which is also supposed to be checked and trained every two years. When we got to the helicopter and he struggled to start the machine, I knew that this student was a poor victim of a non-regimented flight training program who paid good money for training, but ended up just getting a bunch of tourism flights and somehow a pilot certificate. Needless to say, the next hour was spent trying to teach this poor fellow how to hover just like a brand new student, and he did not pass his 24-month flight review. So how does this happen? Each student must only see two people to become a pilot. First the instructor, and then the designated pilot examiner, known as a DPE. The role of the DPE is not responsible for checking every single thing that the pilot should have been taught. The FAA clearly states that in the flying handbook. The FAA also says that the role of the flight instructor is to train the student to become a total pilot. So why is training still massively deficient within the industry? Here's the problem. Humans will automatically take the path of least resistance. Some psychologists are calling it modern Darwinism. In the training environment, this is seen when a flight instructor omits emphasis on certain training topics. And as a student, it is easy to miss this when it happens because they are not educated consumers. And there's still plenty of material to struggle with even if some is left out. This happens because the flight instructors usually have some insight on exactly which knowledge areas the pilot examiners will be testing. Students who have blind spots in their training carries much more weight than just failing a test. After all, life is suspended from a tiny little bolt, and one's ability to manipulate that bolt properly depends on complete knowledge of the system in which they operate. If knowing the cost of failure is our own life, why do humans still take the easy way out? When the corporate structure and the operation is not threaded tightly with basic human nature, it leaves latent opportunity for failure waiting to be exposed. As of today, there's still much to learn, but we can break it down into two areas of improvement, the corporation and the humans. Which do you think we can control today, right now? Let's briefly discuss the humans first. How can we teach the student and the instructor to battle their instinct to save time, effort, and money? It's no secret that the aviation career costs a fortune, and students want to spend as little as possible. Skimping on some ground school is one way to keep the cost down. Ground school takes time, and that time costs money. In order to get that money, the student needs to spend some more time at another job in order to get it. One possible solution is to self-study, but the books are hard to understand without an experienced instructor breaking things down. There are some resources that can boost understanding, such as the audio course on avicair.com, but the student is still going to need some live ground school training from a certified instructor. The main thing here is that the student takes control of their very own training. They need to be checking off all of the items in a regimented syllabus and become educated consumers of the material. In short, do not take lessons from an instructor who is not following a syllabus for your training. Now, 
let's turn to the instructors. There's a big issue in the industry, it's no secret. Flight instructor jobs are necessary to build flight time, but they are mostly temporary because they don't even pay enough to support the loans required to become a flight instructor in the first place. Most instructor training is survival training. Learn what you need, pass the test, and don't let your students kill you. One hack might be to find new motivations. Utilize your years as a flight instructor not to build time, but to build skill. If you're considering playing the long game, then having lots of quality dual instruction time in your logbook might prove useful in the inevitable industry downturns. Highly qualified flight instructors are valuable assets in any corporation, but in order to be sought out, you'll need to have a great reputation. Seek out excellence when giving flight instruction. Having high amounts of dual instruction given diversifies your income streams in a time of need. If it weren't for my ability to qualify as a 141 chief instructor as a second job while I worked as a first officer in a regional airline, I would have had to make some serious lifestyle adjustments to accommodate the 50% pay cut when jumping from an air medical helicopter career to the right seat of a jet. And if it weren't for the ability to teach an insurance approved course to my aircraft owner clients, then I would have had to basically survive on credit cards until the airlines started hiring again after the COVID-19 pandemic. Having dual instruction time in my logbook combined with my absolute love for teaching has proven to be a valuable resource over the years. These issues aren't exclusive to primary flight training. Throughout our career, we're always a student and we're always learning. When you move on to a real job that pays a salary, you enter the commercial sector. The Part 135 commuter on-demand commercial operators are not immune to the revenue-generating training deficiencies noted above. Let's take Medevac, for example. Every company has a budget, and when a new commercial pilot gets hired into the Medevac operation for the first time, they typically have zero night vision goggle experience. Now, the FAA does mandate that the employer provide certain specific training events, but it is far from what is needed, especially when the new pilots have suffered from previous substandard training. The company instructors are overwhelmed with new pilots who need more training on the basics, but the company pressures them to accomplish the training in the minimal allotted time while also checking the boxes required by the FAA. So what you have is a brand new EMS pilot who has only landed a helicopter a handful of times while using night vision goggles. After speaking with dozens of medevac pilots, they all said that when they get dispatched on their very first night emergency, they are terrified of messing up. And it is no wonder that the air medical pilot career has risen to one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. These problems don't just revolve around time and money, however. Even wealthy aircraft owners are subject to this hardwiring defect. I recently had a client who was learning to fly in their own multi-million dollar helicopter ask me to set up a training session to cover the quizzes that they failed in the AVIC Air audio course. After exchanging a few texts, I discovered that the wealthy aircraft owner was just skipping to the chapter quizzes and trying just to learn how to answer the questions in order to pass. This is the same type of problem between the instructors and the DPEs I mentioned earlier. They are training only just enough to pass the bare minimum tests. After several back and forth conversations, I finally convinced the student that they must learn all of the material and that the quizzes are designed to exploit only some knowledge deficiencies that they sample. So remember this, when you're flying, you don't always have the books to reference. You must know and understand how the machine works, the aerodynamic principles that the machine works with, and the regulatory constraints inside which you must work. Until the FAA can find a way to prove that all instructors have taught all required knowledge prior to issuing a pilot certificate, 
we will continue seeing pilots balling up aircraft as a result of fragmented training and a lack of technological infrastructure. An organizational system is the only way to protect the human element from doing human-type things. But for now, here are a few tips in closing. Take ownership of your training. Trust no one but yourself to track the requirements. Think long-term. Seeking excellence will set you apart from the competition when external factors cause pilot industry downturns and phases of pilot surplus. Consider the consequences. Not just the fatal consequences. Consider how it will feel when you are sitting in front of a judge or in a cubicle after your pilot's certificate gets revoked. And don't feel too bad if you're guilty of cutting some corners. After all, you can take the human out of the Stone Age, but not the Stone Age out of the human. If you're listening to this and you want to get into aviation, now is the time. Especially if you're a good person with a little bit of social intelligence, the industry needs you. Feel free to reach out to us on all of the social medias, Facebook and Instagram, and check out our website and training resources on avicair.com. Have a great day.